Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the very first installment of On the Docket with your host, Charlie Accurso. Um, Of course, as you can tell from the title, my name's Charlie, and I am starting this podcast more or less as sort of a fun personal project. Um, It's been something I've been wanting to do for quite some time, but I've just had a lot of flip-flopping, a lot of inconsistency, and a lot of, I might say, self-doubt, but also just, just an overarching sense of not really knowing if it's something that I want to start. But I've decided the time is now. We're going to go ahead and take it and move forward with this podcast. So part of the reason I wanted to start doing a podcast is because at my job, I have a lot of time alone. I usually work alone. Um, I work overnights. And in order to sort of pass the time more quickly, I started listening to a lot of podcasts starting maybe a month and a half ago or maybe a month ago, I don't remember specifically, but I started listening to podcasts on a fairly consistent basis, five days um, out of the week. You know, my shifts are usually eight, eight and a half hours long, so excluding breaks and whatnot, I'm, I'm usually listening to podcasts maybe four, five, six hours uh, a night during the work week. And so I've just learned so many incredible things. I've heard so many people's um, fascinating different opinions, viewpoints, um, and just really listening to genuine conversations, people's natural discussion. And to me, that is such an invaluable um, form of entertainment, if you will. I I don't know that I would want to call it entertainment, but just of, you know, it's just such a valuable way of learning, um, you know, learning through the experiences and the stories of others. So, you know, after, like I mentioned, maybe four or five weeks of just listening and listening and listening, I decided, you know what, Charlie, I think now's the time we should go ahead and move forward because I feel that, you know, in my experience, I, I have some things just to discuss and just to share, and I I really want to be able to get other people's perspectives on some of the things that I think about. So that's just a little bit of the background on why um, I've decided to start this podcast. Um, And just to give you a little bit of background on my sort of social media experience, last year uh, during the the pandemic, excuse me, um, around... I would say, I believe it was toward the end of June 2020, I actually had started a YouTube channel, and I was on YouTube for about just under a year, to be honest, probably a little less. It's more like eight or nine months. And it, I don't think I was ready. I think it ended up being um, a lot of difficult work, uh, particularly in the editing and you know, just the preparation aspect of it. I felt like I was always cutting myself 
off or maybe that I would say the wrong thing. It's just a very refined platform, if you know what I mean. It's it's a platform where you have to cut and edit a lot of things out. And I just don't think, you know, that, that I was really able to express myself very well on that platform. And I think for me, YouTube just became, it became something that was more work than it was worth. And it's like, if, if I'm, I'm the type of person, and I'm sure many of you are like this, where it's like, if you don't feel like you are going to be putting, you know, a, a substantive amount of effort into something, it's better just simply to let it, let it go. And so that's really what happened to me with YouTube. It was something that, you know, I sort of idealized, something that maybe I, I ideally wanted to do, but it ended up just... I was not willing to put in the work and um, it, frankly, it stressed me out and it gave me a lot of anxiety. Um, one of the things that happened was I did have a video go, I wouldn't venture to say viral, but it did get, um, it got like what, 8,000 views, which for me being a small channel, that was pretty substantial to me. And so that particular video was on my experience quitting, um, quitting teaching. So I had started a little teaching program and whatnot, um, during the pandemic or right after I had graduated college. And that video got, like I mentioned, it got around 8,000 views, a little more than that. And really my subscriber base, if you will, just was basically inundated with teacher, like, how do I put this? Inundated with distraught, angsty teachers. And, you know, I don't think I, I was in the right headspace to handle some of the comments. I And it's one of those things, you know, dealing with social media in any regard is, you know, 99% of the comments and feedback are going to be either neutral or positive, And there's like 1% that are you know, critical or come from a place of malice or just anger. And of course, me being the way I am, and I'm sure so many of you are probably the same way, you just want to focus and hone in on those few comments that are just so negative. And I think I did not have the foresight or the maturity to handle that. You know, I started getting into fights with people in the comments section, and it just overall became um, really a toxic environment for me. Now, YouTube, YouTube is interesting because it started off as being a, a platform where really anybody could, every, everybody was given really a fair shot to be noticed, I think. Um, over the years, it has become certainly more exclusive. And I think as time goes on, we may find that more and more people are interacting less with individual influencers and channels and so far, so forth, but more with just looking up topics that are interesting to them. Like, 
I'll tell you right now, when, back when I was in high school, around, I think around, you know, 2013, 2014, 2015, I, I was very much sort of obsessed with certain influencers and I would always check my uh, subscriptions to see, you know, who's posted this week and, you know, what new exciting happenings are going on in the world of these influencers. Um, and it was a really fun and exciting time to be on that platform. But, um, you know, after going to college, after I started college and just becoming more busy and so forth, I, I definitely do not keep up with, with any particular people on the platform anymore. And I think it's because the platform has become just so commoditized. I think that's the right word to use. It's just become this place where, excuse me, the, you know, corporate people at Google essentially prepackage influencers and they prepackage shows and they prepackage videos into little colorful bite-sized you know, pieces of content that really 12 and 13 year olds eat up. And, you know, I just don't think, <laughs> you know, after my experience and after running with it for a while, I was like, hi, Charlie, I don't think this is the platform for you. I don't think this platform is going to be the one that you are going to be full, most fully able to express yourself. So, yeah, those are just some of my thoughts on the YouTube landscape. And I mean, I, 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 certainly, I certainly still use YouTube every day, but I mostly use it just for news or like I've been watching a lot of Vice documentaries and just like um, certain things that are pertinent. Like I live here in California where the homeless issue is a pretty big um, concern. And so I, I, I watch a lot of videos about that and so forth. So, you know, I, that's more what I use that platform for nowadays, but yeah, I mean, that's just the long and the short of it. Really the long of it is that YouTube sort of was not a place that I found that I could provide or sort of create the content I wanted to. So I think the podcast format is something that is definitely a lot, um, more in line with sort of the platform that I want to be using. Um, so now talking about this YouTube thing was not supposed to be the main topic of this first episode, but I, it's maybe sort of an intro, little intro topic. The main body of content, I guess, if you will, that I wanted to discuss this week has to do with Anxiety. Now, I know anxiety is one of those topics nowadays that is really, it's its like beating a dead horse. I mean, it's really everybody, I think, which is a good thing. Everybody's talking about it these days. I think everybody is really thinking about it. I think everybody, people are waking up to the fact that mental I don't want to say that anxiety is necessarily a full-blown mental illness. I mean, it can be. Some forms of anxiety can be. But I think it's so, so incredible that people nowadays, myself included, are now looking into anxiety as being a major um, part of our mental health and looking at mental health as 
really an important aspect of simply being alive and being a person in today's world. Um, and, you know, there are just a confluence of factors that we might, you know, be able to get into on why exactly mental health has become such a huge topic of discussion and why it has become such a, you know, such a, basically a topic that has commanded so much interest from people. Um, but with that being said, I wanted to talk to you guys about my experience with anxiety, specifically this week. Um, I had overall, okay, so on the surface, in terms of my actual genuine obligations this week, it was a normal week. It was, it was a good week. It was everything that I had to get done or, or deal with was completely within my control, yet I just suffered from such intense anxiety. It actually, so I'm recording this on a Friday, but my anxiety basically had started probably Sunday, which I think, which is the day that I first start working. I start working on Sunday nights. So it started about, what, five days ago. And I just go through these spates, you know, generally short periods, um, rarely longer than a week, but just these spades of just intense anxiety. Um, and of course, this is all relative. I think my definition of in intense anxiety to some people might seem like something more on the lighter end of it. Um, I certainly think that the things that I get anxious about tend to be more points of privilege. Um, but regardless, I was just dealing with such intense anxiety. And really, it when you start addressing anxiety, one of the mo more, most important things to do, and of course, I'm not a professional. I'm not telling you that this is the way that you should um, come at the problem. But um, in my experience, and this is sort of what I did this week, how I sort of manage it is that the first thing I do is try to be as honest as possible with myself. You know, I try and just calm my brain down, just breathe a little bit, you know, find your footing mentally and really be as honest as possible when looking at the root cause. Because one thing in one of the podcasts I had listened to, uh, one of the doctors, uh, it was a doctor, he was discussing anxiety, and he had said that anxiety really functions biologically as sort of a signal, like a warning light, um, like sort of an alarm, like a good example, a good analogy would be like in your car. So for example, my car, um, which we can get in my car at a later date, I'm kind of obsessed with vehicles and cars, but my particular car um, has some issues sometimes. One issue that it has is the rear, um, one of the rear blinkers goes out, you know, sporadically. Sometimes it goes out and then it comes back on. It stays on for a week and then it goes out for an hour or two. It's really weird. But um, so your car blinker, it's, it's a signal. Um, you know, your check engine light is a signal. Um, your fire alarm. These are all things that I'm sure you guys can come up with a million different 
other analogies that work well for you. But the way that he compared anxiety to a signal to me was very grounding and it was very, frankly, it was eye-opening and it, and it sounds obvious, you know, when you discuss it, it's like, well, of course, anxiety is a signal, but really recognizing it as a natural biological signal that something is wrong, something is off. So, you know, your brain is telling you, maybe I would say the reptilian lower part of your brain is telling the upper higher part of your brain, you know, there's something wrong. I feel something wrong. Can you do the mental work? Can you do the higher level cognition, the higher level thinking to tell me what the problem, what the real problem is and address it? Um, so like I mentioned, that sort of analogy that that do particular doctor made was so eye opening to me because it made anxiety less of a permanent character trait to me, which I will say I've never truly identified myself as anxious. But I think when you do go through a bad spate of anxiety, it can become very tempting to identify as anxious and to identify, tr like truly identify as a person riddled with anxiety. Um, so hearing that analogy help you know helps me to separate myself from you know, looking at myself as a person with a condition, but rather as just a person experiencing a natural alarm system, uh, just a person experiencing a natural warning system. Um, and that, I think, can be very helpful for those of us that suffer from, or maybe not suffer, that might be too strong of a word, but for those of us who experience periodic anxiety or sort of low to mid-level anxiety. Um, I think for those of you who suffer from more chronic forms of anxiety, um, I really am not in a great position to discuss that particular issue. I think that is um, more of a serious, um, serious condition that definitely needs to be more professionally addressed. Um, so I don't, I don't want to, you know, speak out of place here when it comes to chronic anxiety, but I think when it comes to the periodic sort of sporadic kind that those, those of us more neurotypical, if you will, people sort of face, um, you know, I think I can offer just sort of my, my thoughts on it. Um, so like I had mentioned, one of the first steps is, is recognizing, okay, this is a warning sign. This is a little warning bell. And, you know, this bell, this warning light can come in, in different colors. This was another analogy that that doctor made that I found to be quite useful, in fact. So, you know, giving your anxiety, a, a color label is actually super helpful. And I started doing that this week and it's really helped me to manage it. Um, you know, is this a code red anxiety issue? Is this a code red alarm si signal or is this more orange? Is this more yellow? Is it more chartreuse? Is it more, is it on sort of the greenish end? So being able to categorize that anxiety spate for me this week is a new tool and it's been extremely helpful 
because when we experience a moment of anxiety or a sporadic sort of period of anxiety, it can be very, very natural and very, very tempting to go straight to code red and say, something is so wrong and I just feel so anxious and I just feel horrible. Like I just feel sick. Um, but if you can get to the root cause, that honest root cause and give it a nice color label, say, okay, maybe this is more chartreuse. Maybe this is more on the yellow end right now. It may become more orange or red at a later time, but that'll warrant a different action. So, you know, for each color label, you can sort of attach a different course of action. So now that I've kind of discussed with you guys this broad sort of structural background of um, what I learned about anxiety management this week, let me contextualize this just very honestly in what I was anxious about this week. Um, Now, I don't, I know that sometimes I feel that I can come off as pretentious in a certain way where the things that I worry about may seem pretentious. Um, but I, of course, this is my podcast and I'm speaking from my experience. I recognize, you know, other people are not necessarily going to hundred percent relate to this experience, but you know, you never know. Um, so just please keep in mind that I'm speaking from my experience. Um, this is what got me extremely upset this week, got me extremely anxious and you know, if I do seem to come off a certain way, I, I'm i mainly using this to give you guys the context that I use this in. The more important le- like lesson to take away is, you know, if you find these sort of this sort of framework useful to put it into place, put it to work in your life. Um, but yeah, I'll just go ahead and get into um, what it was that really set me off. So, you know, step number one for me was being super honest and just admitting to myself, okay, Charlie, what is bothering you? So let me explain this. So on top of my full-time job, I am actually involved in running my own business. I think a lot of us during the pandemic were kind of woken up to this fact that, you know, maybe we do need to start building some extra streams of income I think a lot of people, you know, they got into their Bitcoin, they got into their Dogecoin, people started businesses. I've seen, you know, so many wonderful, like, small businesses like bakeries and all sorts of different things that people started. So me, uh, sort of in the same vein, I, something that I had been researching into for the last couple of years was a real estate rental business. So at that point, um, and this, the full backstory is kind of complex, but basically I, I got into this real estate investing business that I started with my dad and my mom. Um, but I'm mainly the sort of the main person that does all the paperwork and the communications and just setting everything up. They are mostly there for um, capital support. Um, so, um of course, I'm also contributing a sizable amount of the capital that's needed for this particular business. But basically, the long and the short of it is that I am involved in this business. So now, this particular business <laughs> is is not good for people with anxiety. Um, and this is why I, I really do have to learn how to manage it, because 
So many things can happen on a dime in the real estate market and the real estate business. You know, um, you're always dealing with a hundred different moving parts. So not great for my anxiety or for sort of provoking anxiety in me, but you know, it's an opportunity to learn. So essentially I purchased a rental property, um, through my, my business. Uh, we purchased it back in at the end of June and these properties I work with partners to, because I purchase out of state. Um, I work with partners, um, who renovate the properties and connect the property with management. And then I'm sort of able to take over from there as a, uh, as a liaison, if you will. Well, not a liaison, but basically I am then put in contact with management and management handles the tenant relationship. So these projects are typically projects that last about two months after closing. So essentially you close on the property. Um, my partners or the people that I work with or go through, they handle um, rehabilitation of the property. They handle renovation processes. They basically handle the sort of down and dirty work of, you know, the structure. I basically am supplying the capital and managing the relationship with management. Um, and so given COVID, right, like we've seen a lot of supply chain issues. So basically what happened was this past week was basically like a week over this like two month quote unquote deadline. And so I had minor anxiety about it, but my dad had been like reminding me, you know, Charlie, we haven't heard anything from them yet, you know, and mind you, we've done other property, uh, another property through this exact same process before, and it's worked out wonderfully. So, you know, he was like, okay, we haven't heard from them. Um, you know, what are we going to do? Should we contact them? Blah, blah, blah. And this was sort of leading up to that two month mark. But I was like, no, just give it, give it some more time. Let's at least wait a week after the two months is up. And so that's what I did. And last weekend, which was Labor Day weekend, I decided to go ahead and email um, our partners about the process and just to get sort of an update. And I haven't received anything back. It's been, well, because it was Labor Day weekend, you know, let's say the first workday was Tuesday, you know, Tuesday through Friday, you know, I haven't gotten anything back yet. And it just set off. I mean, on by, 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 um, because I start working on Sunday. So it's like, I know this is freaking confusing all the days, but basically by the time I was at work on Sunday night, I was already just frustrated and very anxious and just overthinking, frustrated and stressed out, um, that I haven't gotten a, a response. Now, I think we tend to catastrophize and that's what I tend to do was I catastrophized. I literally started thinking of the worst possible scenarios of what was going on. I was literally thinking, you know, am I going to have to abandon this um, 
stream of income? Am I going to have to abandon this plan? Am I going to have to blah, 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 blah. And if you don't keep yourself in check, you can really spiral. And I've just felt myself spiraling, like just out of control, spiraling, spiraling down the tubes with anxiety and just catastrophizing and overthinking about this whole situation. Um, and just as a comparison, um, there was another time where I had emailed my insurance person and he hadn't responded for like four, four-ish days, three, four, five days. I don't remember what it was, but by the time he had finally gotten back to me and I, of course, I had gotten anxious and I was like, did, did I say the wrong thing? Did I ask a stupid question? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it was, it was not, I was not treating myself very well. I was beating myself up. By the time he replied to me, it was like, oh, sorry for the late reply. I was on a camping trip with my kids over the weekend or something. So, you know, it just shows, you know, in that situation, it was just like ridiculous to get so anxious about. Um, and I've noticed this has happened numerous times in my experience um, in re rental investing. And so, you know, I'm just taking that as sort of a basis, you know, things get backed up because I know my partner or my partners that I work with, they themselves have a whole network of partners, of contractors, you know, um, management, all these other people who, you know, that things get lost or things get delayed, I should say. I don't want to say lost, but things get delayed in terms of communication. So, you know, it's going to take people time, you know, to go through probably hundreds of emails to contact the right people who those people then have to go through all their emails and then they have to go get the information one way or another and relay it back and then relay it back and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, just realizing the practical um, limits sort of in my situation here really helped me to temper my anxiety from really an irrational code red anxiety to more really of a chartreuse. Um, I'm giving it a week. I'm giving it time. And frankly, I'm willing to give it to the end of this month because I understand with COVID and just with real estate in general these days in terms of getting supplies and getting building materials has been extremely challenging. Um, you know, situations where um, appliances and certain things, orders just take an incredibly long amount of time to be fulfilled. Basically, what I'm trying to say is there are a lot of factors. And so, you know, it's super important when you are experiencing a spate of anxiety is to, number one, be honest with yourself about what the reason is. Number two, you know, characterize it as, you know, is this, what level of alarm is this? I mean, is this something that requires immediate attention? Is this something that can be dealt with in a single phone call? Is this something that can be dealt with in a single email? And basically devising a course of action. So by devising a course of action, that really, really helped to reduce my anxiety. It didn't completely get rid of it. And of course, I'm still experiencing some low-level symptoms, but, you know, to form a course of action where it's like, okay, yeah, if I, if I don't get a reply in, in a week, 
that might be a little code chartreuse for me. You know, I'd be a little, you know, wary. But it's really nothing to worry about until maybe a month out. Then we'll have to make a phone call. We'll have to get a hold of somebody. You know, we'll have to make some, we'll have to take some other actions. And so just to sort of lay out the um, the steps, lay out the courses of action that you can take can be so, so, so relieving and beneficial because then you're telling your brain, you know, you're telling that reptilian part of your brain, we have a plan, <laughs> like you will be fine. We have a way out, right? And really to allow the process to work. So really in my particular situation, you know, where you're working with partners, where you're working with multiple moving pieces in a business. You don't want to be naive. Obviously, if something's wrong, something's wrong. But you also have to be able to manage. You have to be able to manage um, expectations and manage the um, anxieties that come with all the moving parts of a business. So basically to sum up very specifically in my situation, what caused my period this week of anxiety was not getting a reply to my email right away. Um, how I dealt with it was I labeled it as a code green, yellow, chartreuse sort of threat, if you will. It's not a threat, but just as a code code yellow green ish you know issue and i said okay i'll give it a week if i still don't get anything in a week i'll give it a month and after a month we'll take some action right um and i think this is this is healthy and it's really really reduced my symptoms so giving yourself time and freedom to find those root causes and to um, and to give yourselves concrete actions um, that you will take after you know such and such given amount of time can be really, 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 really useful. I cannot exaggerate that enough in my experience. Again, I'm talking from my experience. This may not be appropriate for everybody, but you know if this helps you, that would be wonderful. Um, that's how, you know, I was able to really reduce those symptoms. And so I'm just going to be moving into the next few weeks toward the end of the month. I know it's still kind of early in September, but I'm just going to be moving into the next few weeks with this mindset. And if, you know, more actions need to be taken or calls need to be made, you know, we'll cross those bridges when they come to it. Um, so I hope that, I hope that this, really sort of concrete example of anxiety management may have helped at least one of you guys. Um, I know that this is typically, maybe this is typically not a form of anxiety or like a very relatable example. I'm not sure. I, I would love to hear from you guys. Um, I, I, as of right now, I'm not posting these on YouTube, so I'm not really sure um, in terms of interaction on Spotify or whatnot. I don't think there's any way to do it, but I am on Instagram, um, at Charlie Accurso. 
um, you can it's just straight up at and then my name, Charlie Accurso. So, you know, if you do want to share your thoughts and experiences um, on possibly having, a, you know, a similar business related anxiety, I would love to hear your experience. So definitely feel free to DM me on there if you want. Um, I'm sure that it would be, you know, not only insightful to me, but, you know, if you wanted that to be shared to other listeners, I would be very happy to do that. Um, but I really do hope that at least my example here sort of provided some structure into, okay, how do we use some of these steps? Like, in a situation, in a real life situation. Cause I think a big issue with say, if you go on YouTube and you search up, you know, how to handle anxiety, how to manage anxiety, I'm anxious. What do I do? Blah, blah, blah. You get a lot of, you can get some useful advice, but you get a lot of generalized advice. Um, because frankly, larger channels or medical channels and so forth, they have to give general useful general information, but they're not always great with giving concrete, really real life, straight up examples of, okay, this is a really practical real life area in which a person experienced some serious anxiety from a real, you know, issue. Um, how did they manage it? How are they currently managing it? Because, you know, my problem, quote unquote problem right now has not been resolved, but I have an action plan around it. That's why the anxiety is, has been so diminished because um, there's an action plan. Um, so, you know, I hope that this specific, you know, very focused example has helped maybe some of you contextualize these tools because like I mentioned a lot of times on YouTube or whatnot, you're just, you get a lot of general information and it can be hard to take that and, you know, really put it into play um, in, you know, the very specific circumstances that you're in, um, because we are all going through, you know, <laughs> many different circumstances. I mean, a lot, some people go through things that, you know, I, I can't relate to. I've never experienced um, things that I, you know, things that cause anxiety and cause other um, sort of mental health issues that I really have, I can't, really help with because, you know, I haven't personally experienced, I can sort of learn from them. I can listen to people and sort of try and understand where they're coming from. But, you know, a lot of the time it's hard to find, you know, a person with a story that matches up with yours. You know, it's hard to find someone with a story that's like, oh, damn, like you literally went through something really, really similar or you went through the exact same thing as me and you got through it. How did you do that? And just to hear a really nice, concrete, freaking example. <laughs> you know, that's just like what I'm always looking for in podcasts is just like, I want to hear your real life shit. Like I want to hear your real life step by steps here because I'm really just tired. And I don't know if this sounds bad, but it's like, I'm just tired of the same old thing. It's like, okay, you know, do your meditation, drink your water, do your this, do your, go exercise. I mean, yeah, that stuff is important. But when I'm dealing with a business anxiety, that's very specific to, you know, the market that I'm in, that's very specific to, you know, the type of business that 
I'm involved in, it's not helpful for me to go to the gym. It really isn't. Like for me personally, it's not helpful for me to drink water and go to the gym. It does not because that's not addressing my issue. You know, it's not addressing, it's not addressing the root practical business cause, you know, and that honestly can apply to so many situations that people go through. I think that can really apply to so many anxiety and uh, related situations that people go through is, you know, you don't really know where to go or where to turn to or what steps to take because your situation is really freaking specific and nobody wants to go off the deep end and really get into specifics. Um, so, you know, I think specificity and I think like real, real honest like experiences are so useful for people. And so that's something that I definitely want to be doing with this podcast is just like straight up giving you guys, you know, within reason specifics about the things that I'm going through and sort of like the moves I'm making in life, if you will. <laughs> um, and just, you know, opening up that conversation where it's like, okay, I can connect the freaking dots. You know, because I always, it's just like, you know, I always hate listening to stories where, you know, there's not enough connections between, between the dots. It's like, oh, you know, I was born poor, but I worked really hard and now I'm successful. Like, great. That makes me feel good. I'm like, I'm happy for you. You know, I'm happy for whatever, but how is that? Where are the, what can I glean from that other than good for you? You know what I mean? I don't know how related that is. It might be like a tangent, but what I'm trying to say here is hopefully in my podcast, by providing it, per, you know, pretty personal specific details about like what I'm going through, it can help you guys in a more real way than some of these other, you know, forms of advice that are just really way too general. It's like, you look up, okay, I'm suffering from anxiety related to business. Say you want to be specific and you say related to business. You know, it, they just don't get into really good specifics. Um, you know, it'll be like, allow yourself time to, you know, I don't know, man, like go get coffee or something. So it's like, that's not going to help me. Like, I don't even really drink that much coffee. Um, but hopefully this little example and just like a little discussion on anxiety management has sort of helped at least one of you guys. I mean, I really do hope so. Um, I'm just thinking if there's anything else that I really want to talk about in the rest of this podcast because I've been aiming maybe for about an hour for each episode. That's usually the length that I like when I'm listening to episodes. Um, but I think what I would just say, because I, I'll, I think it's about time to wrap the episode up is that if you are someone like me who does struggle with spates of anxiety, again, this podcast is not really geared towards chronic anxiety that I think is much more psychologically based and requires special attention. But for those of you who do suffer from some sporadic anxiety like myself, 
particularly those of you who are involved in starting your own businesses, or maybe you work um, a really, you know, strenuous or stressful job. It is more important than ever for us to really hone in on how do we handle this? Because anxiety, anxiety really is a feeling, right? Like it's a feeling just like any other emotion. Um, I remember I used to have a shirt um, with all the faces of like a cartoon kid and making all the different faces of all the emotions. And because I was a linguistics major, I had this shirt in Latin and it had all the names of all the emotions in Latin with all the faces. It was a pretty cool shirt. Anxiety is literally an emotion. It's, it's, it's an emotion. Now, I don't know, maybe psychologists are going to have a different take on this, but I kind of see it as an emotion. You know, you will feel anxious like in life. It's part of life. How do we handle it? You know, how do, how do we handle it when we feel sad? How do we handle it when we feel really happy? How do we handle it when we feel embarrassed? These are all really important tools and skills. And one thing that, you know, I really don't want to end up doing is like truly identifying as an anxious person. I, I don't, and I don't think any of us really want that to be a hallmark of our life. Um, it's okay to be anxious. It's okay to have anxiety every once in a while even or relatively frequently, but if you're able to, you know, handle it, 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 if you're able to, here, let me put it this way. If you have a framework from which to handle it, um, you know, it, it becomes a lot more manageable and it does not have to become quote unquote, a personality trait. Cause I think that's like a huge problem these days is like mental health, serious mental health issues becoming, personality traits and becoming things that people almost joke about in that way, especially on TikTok. Like I had to get off of TikTok because it honestly like scared the shit out of me. Like I was on it for like a couple weeks and I literally couldn't take it anymore because one of my TikToks blew up and it got like, um, got a hella, hella attention. It got like what? 180,000 views. And then it got like six 15,000 comments or some shit I got a sh- well no it got like 15,000 likes and that has shit ton of comments it was like handwriting or something like I was doing handwriting practice and like people for some reason were like obsessed with that shit it scared me I was like oh my god I can't deal with this like this is too much but just in terms of the content on that platform Oh my God. Like I can't even get into like the deeper parts of TikTok because some of the things like the Gen Z people, and I am technically, technically like Gen Z because 1997 to what, 2012 or whatever the fuck is Gen Z. I was born in 98. So I'm like one of those cuspers. I really don't identify with either generation, but I do think I get along more with Gen Z than millennials. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. I don't even know where the fuck I'm going with this. Um, but pretty much like, okay, I remember basically like TikTok nowadays and like on social media in general, people are really like making light of mental health issues. I think obviously that's like a coping mechanism in a certain way, but it is serious. Like you, you don't want to become... Well, at least for me, I'll speak from my experience. 
I don't want to become someone who, who makes that part of my identity. Like I don't want to consider myself to be like perpetually anxious or like having a major issue with anxiety. I, I honestly don't think I am someone, you know, who has a serious, serious anxiety issue. I just really want to be able to hand, deal with it whenever it comes up, whether it comes up four times in a month or once every year, you know, I want to be able to nip it right at the base take some, make some courses of action, take those courses of action and just move along, you know, handle it, take that warning signal and move it along. Cause just to use that warning signal analogy again, as an example, you know, when we see people on TikTok and on other social medias, like making light of these serious mental health problems, it's as if you're making your personality this like constantly beeping alarm and you're doing nothing or you don't have the tools to turn it off. You know what I mean? Like you're just living with this alarm blaring and joking about it on TikTok when you really actually do need some help. Um, that may be the case. So for me, you know, when I think about it in that analogy, it's like, I don't need that alarm blaring. Like if you've ever been in school or whenever, or wherever the fuck where, you know, fire alarm goes off, it's just like freaking loud as shit. Like you don't need that in your way. You really don't like you, you don't need that kind of, honestly, just discomfort. None of us really, none of us deserve to be that un- uncomfortable. So, um, where was I going with this? Basically, yeah, like making light of it is one thing. Like, if that helps you start addressing it, like, that's fine. But again, I'm not like a medical professional, but like, not getting down to that root cause can be extremely damaging in the long run. It's like you're sitting in a building that's on fire and the fire alarm's going off and you don't know what to do. Like you don't have a course of action. Um, So, you know, hopefully that analogy helps, you know, even as I'm talking in this podcast, I'm finding it to be a pretty useful analogy, just like finding ways to, you know, how is anxiety acting like an alarm in my life? Like, what is it alarming me to? Um, of course, there are more complex issues. Sometimes people feel constant chronic anxiety with no, truly no really specific cause. That calls for psychiatric attention, in my opinion. Because that, you're going to need someone to help you with that for sure professionally. But for those of us experiencing spates of anxiety, like I mentioned, you know, it's, it's, we need a toolbox. We really do. And, you know, we don't learn this in school. Uh, sometimes our parents don't teach us. My, my parents never directly taught me about mental health management. You know, they never taught me directly about how, how to manage feelings like this. So, you know, we need a toolbox nowadays. We need to have an arsenal. Is that a word? Yeah, arsenal. I was like going to say arsenage. I'm like, that's not (laughs) like I'm making up words. Like that's not even a real word. We need an arsenal of freaking tools when different things in life come up. Like boom, 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 whip it out and go. (laughs) Oh my God, that sounds terrible. But, but yeah, so we're basically um, heading to the end, the closing of this podcast today on on the docket with charlie accurso so today we really only had two things on the docket huh we had 
YouTube, my issue with YouTube and the reason why I quit. And we had anxiety. We, we had anxiety. We had a discussion on sporadic anxiety and we had a discussion on a specific example of anxiety within the context of running a business which I couldn't find shit on this when I, I'm sorry if that was like hella loud. It, like my screen, my uh, audio recorder is like wilding right now. Um, I couldn't find shit on this topic, like on business related anxiety at all, like on fucking Spotify. I was like searching hella for this. And even on YouTube, I was like, how to manage anxiety in a business, how to like fucking manage anxiety in a small business setting or like dealing with an, creating, you know, know, the whole fucking process of being in a business and so forth. I like could not find anything. So, you know, I'll probably keep, I mean, if you guys find this interesting and like more of you, you know, have, you know, businesses of your own or whatnot, um, I, I would love to honestly get more in depth into like the psychology of small business, well, not just small business, but business in general and like growing wealth and so forth. Like that shit is complex. Nobody wants to talk about it because I, well, people don't want to talk about it because, because it's touchy. It's culturally touchy and, you know, it's not always a great conversation, but regardless, um, you know, I couldn't find anything on, on business related anxiety. So that, I wanted to be, you know, a person, maybe the first person. I don't think I'm the first person, but just I wanted to be a person to put this out for anybody who needed it. Um, And yeah, that was about all the topics we covered today on the docket. Um, And that's about it. So thank you guys so, 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 so much. If you actually listen to the end of this, um, I'm actually super thankful. Like, thank you um, for listening. If you want to further connect with me, I am on Instagram at Charlie Accurso. That is Charlie, spelled the regular way, and then Accurso, A-C-C-U-R-S-O. That's Italian, um, by the way. Um, And I will be seeing you guys in the next episode. So once again, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.